This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Nora's going to Mexico to look for a job. Nora's going to Mexico <laughs> to look for a job. She's got the big story. <laughs> Hi, Nora. Is that your little uh, big story song that you That's just wrote? That's my big story. It's a song. I just came up with it. That's a genius. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting story that I read uh, via Tech Dirt. At least one Indian firm It's documented in the story in the Hindustan Times, Tata Consulting. Remember how I told you Tata? Has That's the car fingers plan. in all different types of and you know That's trucks the air car and plan. air car and stuff. Well, they also have they call it consulting, but it seems to be like a you know when people outsource their stuff from yeah. America or whatever. Tata is outsourcing its own outsource jobs <laughs> to Mexico because it's cheaper for them to do so. So I was thinking, well, like is that just a blip, or could this mean that? There's, or, you know, I guess good or bad, like, is this an example of what people who have problems with free trade always say, which is that it becomes kind of a race to the bottom in terms of wages? Yeah. Or is this actually a good thing in terms of being a sign of a growing boom in the Mexican economy and also a sign of the health of the Indian economy that now they're in a situation where they can outsource those jobs because it's cheaper for them to do so than to keep them within India? Yeah, I think I, I, I would tend to agree with you a bit about the race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But you're right, because when you, when you sent me the link for the story, I was thinking, I hope it will mean an, an increase in their economy. It just sort of seems like we're always sort of like at the race for the bottom. And it's like, like when I was in Spain, it was like the Chinese and the Indians have completely destroyed their, tech, their textile industry. Like, did you realize that? And again, it was like because of cheap. I didn't realize that Spain had a textile industry. It had a huge textile industry, huge, with fabulous quality. But it just seems like with everything, it's the race for the bottom. And this was something I was thinking about. Maybe this is going to sound completely off base. But do you think that the world economy really would completely collapse if we didn't, if we stopped needing to buy throwaway stuff? No, I don't think so. It might would be trouble for the Chinese economy for where they are right now. But, you know, there's this whole argument about Walmart and how Walmart is in a situation where it's not just that they have a large share of the retail economy. It's that they're dictating terms to other large companies for how they function. And there there was a huge article in Harper's on this and how, in fact, it's causing enormous problems for even very large companies like Gillette and things like that because they have their... Is this monopsony? Is that what you call monopsony? But where, where Walmart is... They, they can dictate price terms to their suppliers. And this is hugely dysfunctional for the economy. So I think that there, there, it's not as though we can continue to, independent of all the environmental stuff or all that shit. Yeah. It's, I don't think we can continue along this path of consuming. Yeah. But I don't know. When I just thought of it, I thought, well, okay, those Mexicans can have jobs and that that's a good thing. But it just seems at the same time, it's all about Indians trying to find a cheaper way to do it rather than keep it in their own country and pay people what they should be paid mm-hmm. to do the same job, maybe give them benefits or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm of two minds on it in that sense. I, I mean, on the one hand, I sort of grew up with that uh, argument against free trade in the sense of it being like a, a race to the bottom wage-wise. But, but then I do also see it from the other side. If I see how much growth it's meant for the Indian economy and how it's created a middle class, which hopefully will then have its own knock-on effects for other people's jobs. Maybe they're not jobs in the IT sector, but maybe they're jobs 
you know, if there's yeah. the more the market for goods increases, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I thought it was a totally yeah. interesting story that it's now <laughs> this point where, and that the Tata people have everything. I know. Tea, trucks, air cars, I IT. Like the air car. Mm-hmm. But well, I have a very important story, actually. Yes. I just saw, saw this on, you know, my favorite site, Gizmag, yes. the inflatable home theater that sets up in a backyard for watching <laughs> movies and sports in the pool or on the grass. This is like my customizable moosey story. <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> I was busy, all right? <laughs> no, but imagine this. I couldn't believe that anything was so stupid as this. When people want, okay, maybe you don't want people in your house because you don't want them smucking your stuff up. But what you do is you can take when you have to make that decision. This is how they actually pitch it in the thing when you have to make the decision between the pool or watch the game. Right. Well, what you do for a thousand US dollars, and it's got speakers too that look like rocks, <laughs> and it's got this inflatable blow up TV screen that you can actually watch with a little projector, that you can actually watch television or your movies or whatever. And part of me was thinking, oh, I could have it up at the farm and I could take it down and we could watch Star Wars Under the Stars. You know, I thought, oh, I've always wanted to do that. But then it's sort of like, how lame is that? And it's inflatable. I guess that means that people can, you know, if it falls in the pool, it will be okay. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, first of all, $1,000 seems like an awful lot of money for something that's not really that much. Of a, I mean, obviously it has the ability to air broadcast television, but really, isn't this an extension of the thing inside. where people used to put a gigantic sheet and then show super eight movies or whatever like yeah like there is something cool about watching stuff under the stars which people used to do that you know you go to these hipster parties and they'd be screening old movies on the outside wall or whatever yeah yeah yeah. but i guess this would allow i mean a thousand dollars is a lot of it's just enabling you to watch I know, but basketball game or something. I know. Well, that's what it is. But, you know, I've been thinking also, though, about projectors. And maybe somebody else out there knows that. But, you know, like, we're in the apartment. And across the way, there is this huge... Actually, it's the morgue. It's this government building. But I thought... Yeah, that big one. The one that looks like the Rothko behind. Not the Marriott, but behind there. And it's got this huge blank wall. And I thought, oh, my God. Would I ever love to have a projector and, like, shoot movies on that? Mm. You could put anything. If I could take, like, videos of you and put it (laughs) You could sit on your uh, balcony with your friends and watch movies on the morgue. But, but, no, but the whole thing that that I thought that was so stupid about it was, you know, to go outside and watch the game by the pool because you couldn't decide. And also just like, yeah, if you don't, if you've got a thousand dollars to spend on an inflatable PVC screen so you could watch (laughs) television out there. (laughs) Although it is kind of cool that you can do that though that you can project broadcast television yeah but like, would you do that in your backyard for a rent i mean you could maybe if you could rent, rent it them. that might be cool we could start up another business <laughs> <laughs> the sniffer inflatable Stupid screen products TV are us <laughs> oh listen i have one very very quick super snappy here this is a musical one it's something that came across my desk um is you know frank black mm-hmm. from the pixies Ex well the pixies. yeah but and he used to be called black francis mm-hmm. and he is releasing as black francis september 11th auspicious date but a new disc and it's going to oh, be really? more yes and he is you know sort of like you know um, david bowie had the thin white duke and ziggy stardust well black francis is a persona okay and that persona has written this music and his muse is Herman Brout, or Brout, I think is how you say it. He was like this huge um, punker, 
uh, Dutch punker uh-huh. in the 80s, who's with, uh, like with Nina Hagen and stuff like yes. that. And yeah, and so he was channeling, uh, Black Francis was channeling Herman Brout, who jumped off a building in 2001. Mm. But he was, he was a cool dude anyway, other than that. <laughs> Until but that yeah, point. Yeah. No, but I know there's a lot of people out there who are Pixies fans mm-hmm. and definitely just wanted to give you the heads up on that because it sounds like it's going to be good and it's called Blue Finger. Have you heard any tracks or are you just... No, dis- not yet, but I, I've, re- I've requested a, a screener or a, DV, uh, a CD pre-review. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool. Uh, um, yeah. The Energizer Bunny's running out of steam, Nora. <laughs> you got more to do, Kathy. Buck up. <laughs> Come to Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Visit us at our blog, poor7s.com, slash the snipper for links to these stories or more, or join us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.